Welcome to the Church Butler Lunch and Learn podcast. We help you put social media to work for your church. Social media is your opportunity to engage your community all week long, reach new people, and start new conversations. Every week, we bring you a dose of practical, tactical, skill-building training as we talk to communicators, church leaders, and members of our team. Are you ready? Let's get to today's session. Okay, friends, it's, uh, it's that time again. We are here. It is lunch and learn time at Church Butler headquarters in the U.S. of A. Today, we're going <laughs> intergalactic, maybe not intergalactic, we're going international to our uh, northern neighbors in Canada to pick Canada, up. Canada, eh? <laughs> Joanna Lafleur is here. And it sounds international, too. I love your name. Is that how you say it? First of all, yeah, it? it's the flower in French, La Fleur. Le Fleur. Um, welcome to the show. We've got this little bit of podcast that's trying to be practical, tactical. It's a lunch and learn format. And we bring in um, gurus, the best of the best, to share some wisdom with us church practitioners uh, <laughs> across the country. So, um, Joanna, I just want to um, introduce you to the crowd here for those of you that might not have been. Um, paying attention to this uh, woman who has been on the rise and publishing and speaking. Joanna, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your background. First of all, where are you located exactly? What church are you working with and some other stuff, any good stuff that you're doing? Yeah, I live in Toronto, right in the heart of the city of Toronto. It's the largest city in Canada. I work at a suburban church, though, so I do the commute out to the suburbs, multi-site church, four sites in the suburbs, and we're a church of about 4,000 people at this point. I started there nine years ago, and we had about 700 people, so we've grown, and I've learned a ton. Church communications, marketing, business, media, on the side, I do podcasting. I'm on a women's TV show here in Canada. It's like, think about like The View, yes. only it's Christian women. So it really so I is. sit on the couch. Yeah. Episode or two and <laughs> now, yeah, we have, church, we have fun. Church of 4,000, you must yeah. have a staff of 50 people, right? So how many, how many people in your church yeah. come? Uh, how many staff? How many, how many communicators staff-wise are on your team? For a mega church um, of that size, everyone thinks that you have this whole media production department. How many people are in the yeah, communications department? We have two, <laughs> but we hire contractors for a ton of stuff. So our graphic design, video, it's website, like that stuff, we contract it out to people who are experts and we only pay them for the time they have. We don't pay, we, know, we don't have to pay for their computer or their desk <laughs> or their lunch break. Uh, we just pay for their hourly or their project rate. Yeah, and I think more and more churches are going that route, yeah. um, not just for cost containment, but flexibility and also a better breadth of talent that you can bring into uh, yeah. the mix over the year. Well, and even just simply, like if you're doing graphic design, each designer has their taste and their yeah. art style. And so each project we work on, we might want a bit of a different taste. There's still the brand that we're sticking to, but if we wanted to do something amazing with uh, lettering, you know, beautiful artistic lettering. Uh, well, then we'd go and hire someone who does that specifically. But if you have someone full-time on staff, it might be harder for them to pivot to different creative styles. Yes, definitely. Um, and tell us like if someone actually hasn't, has, hasn't been following you, um, what are say the top, I don't know, keyword phrases or the categories of interest that you have in, in, in the space? 
categories of interest? You mean like what are, what are, like what do you, what do you want to be known for? What are you trying to drill down? Right? Everyone has their niche and everyone has, yeah. um, yeah. know, that space they're trying to carve out. Yeah. I always say that I think the church is the most important message in the world. So we should be the best communicators in the world, but we aren't. And so my passion is trying to help churches, uh, and Christian ministries become better at communicating. A lot of that comes through digital technology. How do we do evangelism and discipleship in a digital age? That was the focus of my master's thesis when I went to seminary a couple of years back. And yeah, trying to figure out in the digital world, how, how do we communicate and how do we, how do we reach people and grow people for Christ? Awesome. Now, um, there's one piece that uh, struck my eye when I was, uh, on your site. And that was an article that you wrote that said the one video you should make this year. And I thought maybe today mm. for the lunch and learn, we would just camp out on this one little concept or idea and discuss it for a little bit. So yeah. um, what is that one video? I'm trying to think if I had one video that I can make for a church and that's it, just one shot, what would I prioritize up front? And for me, my gut feeling before reading the article was the challenge, right? I was asking myself the question before reading the article. Challenge was for me, I said, you know, I think it's probably like an inspirational vision video. Yeah. Um, but yet, er, that's the wrong <laughs> um, So tell us about what you think the one video you should be yeah. making this year as a church. Tim, I'll tell you the answer and then I'll tell you why. The one video I think you should make this year is a testimony video, a story of something that God has done uniquely in your church community mm. this year. Um, the reason why is because you're the only church in the whole wide world that can tell that story. And I think it's our responsibility to steward the stories of the work of God amongst us. Uh, I also think they're really cheap. <laughs> they're one of the simplest things you can do. Um, and if you can't afford video, you can just record it as a podcast episode. You can record the audio of someone telling their story and interviewing them. Uh, news videos are things that people ask me about all the time. How do you do your news videos weekly? I think they're great if you have the capacity and the money for it, but they expire after a week or two. Yeah. Like they're, so they're you spend a ton of money. They're disposable. Yeah. And like we, other than in the services, a lot of people don't ever watch them. Uh, I think um, inspiring videos, I think of like an Easter video of the cross and some creative project or Christmas or a major vision Sunday. Uh, or like a series you're doing on Ephesians. Well, the good news is lots of churches who have lots more money than we do have already made that video and we can go buy it on the internet for $20 maybe. <laughs> and so we don't need, if we don't have a lot of money in our video budget, there are churches who have already done that work for us and okay, we so can find a video on Ephesians. I'm going to do time out right there because there's two <laughs> yeah. things that just bring to my mind. Um, one is um, if I see some other churches that have done a great inspirational video or have done some pieces, um, mm. I can't just copy it. How am I, how do I go about figuring out how to get it or use it? What, what actually happens? I don't think anyone ever talks about that. Uh, yeah. Um, well, that's a good question. First of all, we like at our church, we have enough budget that we make these inspirational videos. And if churches come to us and want to use them, first of yeah. all, you should ask before you use another church's yes. video, don't steal it. Right. You should ask. And whenever they ask, we're so happy for them to use it. But the, one of the things that people don't think about if they're not familiar with video is that 
we have paid to license some things for that video, particularly usually the music. And so if people quote unquote steal the video off of YouTube and just rip it, um, they're actually not paying properly for the, the rights to use it. Um, not just to the church, but to the artist who made the song in the soundtrack right. behind the video. And so we put up our, we put up some of our videos that people ask regularly to use on a site where again, people pay 20 bucks uh, and then it, it's properly licensed. So nobody's stealing. Everybody can afford a $20 video because right. we're not trying to make money, quote unquote. We're just trying to do it legally. And um, there's a few different websites uh, that sell Christian videos. If you Google but, like but before, Christian before videos, that, people I mean, will find them. Have you got, so I, I think I came from Liquid Church where, where it was a very creative ministry. Video was something that was a gift of the team. Um, we've got inquiries all the time, almost on a weekly basis that got routed to some of the church comp people, their media team. We never said, I don't think there's a, I don't think there was a single time we ever said no. And that we actually would hand over um, even the, some of the raw footage so that they can get rid of our branding and put in their own. And yeah. I think our, our media team went to lengths to help other churches to repurpose content that we created. Um, have you guys ever said no? Have you ever come across if someone asks politely and say, we love the stuff you did. We want to try to figure out how to use it. On, have, have you come across that in your <laughs> church? Yeah, I don't remember ever saying no. Right? Uh, I, I don't think I've ever said no. We want to so help. I, I, that's I, what I, just, we're, I don't we're understand here for. why people don't ask more, right? I think, so yeah. that's one of the things I just want to dispel is that churches are generous. We're, we, us Christians are nice people. <laughs> we're nice guys. We're not competing with one another. Yeah. And now so that I said, if you were the really, church down the street and you wanted to use it the same week, maybe yeah. we'd say, hey, could you use it for Easter next year instead of this year? You know, that would be maybe as far as I would go. But yeah, we want to share. Yeah, I think we've always tried to figure out how we can get it to work, not the other way around. So the, the, yeah. the default posture is generosity, yeah. not, the, of, not protection. Yeah. And I, I've yet to find another church that is like that, that is creating content. And so I just want to put that out there because I think small churches just feel like these big productions, they're, they're protective. They would say no. Even, I would say even the biggest mega churches, I, I, you know, Life Church puts out all their stuff for free. Uh, I know Saddleback and North Point, same thing. Um, and so if the big guys are doing it, the medium guys do it, uh, that's yeah. the first thing. Um, and then the second one is you're talking about these websites. Just to be very practical, do you, can you name a couple of um, websites so that people can start yeah. resources? Worshiphousemedia.com and sermonspice.com. Now, a bunch of the stuff on there is cheesy, but you can decide if it works with your culture and your, your people. Um, there's some really great stuff on there. Yeah. So those are two great, and there's plenty of other sites out there, but those are two great places to start, and they're affordable. I think I've grabbed clips as low as, I think, two ninety five, two dollars and ninety five yeah. cents cheaper than Starbucks. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, uh, so yes, paid and free. I think there's great ways to do that. So that's, that, that solves some of the inspirational stuff. But what about the vision video? Like what about the, what about the introduction to the pastor video? You, think, you really think the testimony of video is more important or has more value than sharing who's going to be preaching on Sunday or, or sharing that bio or sharing the, that introduction of the, the senior pastor? 
Yeah, I guess I'm just talking in a in a scarcity model uh, when you have to choose. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it would be great if you can. If you can do it, please do it. It'll be awesome. It'll be effective. But there's a bunch of other ways you can communicate vision. I mean, frankly, you communicate vision before people even enter the building. You're communicating vision from the parking lot, right? And so uh, there's lots of ways to communicate vision. You can do that in books. You can do, you could even do, if you had to do it by video and you're trying to pitch, you know, maybe you're trying to raise a bunch of money or something. Um, maybe you'd want to do like a Facebook live with the senior leader and someone and someone moderating with them and then having people who are asking, Hey, why do you want that $3 million for the building? Okay, well, let's talk about it. We've presented it in the sermon, um, maybe on a Sunday morning. And now we're going on a Facebook live on Monday night. You can ask any questions you want and we'll answer them live right in front of you over video from the comfort of your home from from your living room you can ask these things okay um yeah it's just another example i think there's lots of ways you can can talk about vision that doesn't have to be a video now testimonials um is there any critical part of a testimony do you just um and like you said that it does need to be high production you could use what's in our pocket right i Mm -hmm. think this is you know i'm vlogging daily with my iphone yeah um, even though i have other equipment um, and the results have been still phenomenal. I think, again, you're right. Testimonial video, you can produce it low, low end, um, with what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the content? Is there any sort of framework or is there just one killer question that you have to ask or what, what are you trying to demonstrate in a good testimonial video? Yeah, I think in short, you want it to be more about what God has done than about a person particularly. Uh, you're trying to, we're trying to celebrate the work of God, not the life of that person. Or it. I don't know, uh, maybe if, if we don't, if God has made them successful in business, it's not an ad for their business. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, whatever that is. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're trying to celebrate who God is. And so the most simple structure of any testimony is like the before. What was I like? What was it like before? What happened when God intervened in my life or in that moment or that struggle? And now what is it like on the other side? What's my perspective now? Or who is God to me as a, you know, a a bigger, it doesn't have to be literally a moment of salvation. It might be a moment of I was, I was really sick and I was struggling or I didn't know what to do with my future or it can be some of those stories we can tell, I hope would be very normal stories. I think if we only tell the sensational ones of I came from a life of drug <laughs> drugs and prostitution. And I mean, those stories are amazing too, but it, those are the only kinds of stories we tell. It, it can make it feel like those are the only ones we need to tell, but actually like the stories of normal faithfulness in everyday life and God showing up, um, to a mom at home with her kids or to a guy who's struggling at his job or to a teenager who's trying to figure out what to do to go to college. You know, these are real stories that we can tell and they're everywhere around us, but only our church can tell the story. So let's, let's get on, let's get on telling them. And then are you a fan of those types of testimonial videos that are uh, like an interview conversation or something that's like, uh, scripted and talking head video like a TV ad? Uh, I think the less 
scripted, the more natural it is, the better. I think most people are not very good with like a teleprompter. And like, I, I'm, I use a teleprompter all the time in my work, so I'm quite comfortable with it. I can, I hope I can sound fairly natural, but a lot of people they can't. So if you can be off camera or on camera, sort of prodding them with a few right. questions, they prepared in advance, but you can, you're not trying to surprise them, but maybe you can record their natural response rather than a canned response. You'll probably get it better because they're not professional actors and they're going to be nervous on camera. And um, length, what do you, how long in this day and age where we're trying to get shorter and shorter and shorter, how long should a testimonial video be these days? Yeah, I guess it depends where you want to use it. I think if you, uh, if it's in a service, maybe as part of an illustration of what the pastor is teaching about, maybe you can have up to three, four, five minutes. Um, if it's something for online, I would say something that's as short as you can, that just to, to hit the impact, um, most people's stories probably don't need to be told in 30 minutes. Like right. they're probably not that interesting. <laughs> that's really good. Good to, uh, remember and think about. And then the last one is, um, is there a specific, um, I guess, um, when you when you roll it out, um, is there a specific way you're supposed to introduce it? How do you present it? Is it just something that uh, if it's a video during service lights out and you just play it? Or do you actually have an introduction? Do you have the person there? Um, a lot of people are uh, feel awkward about presenting this type of content at church. Mm. And so what's the best place or how, how do they you know, segue into it? Yeah, well, I think the the place that it probably will have the most impact is if it connects in some way to the topic of the sermon or the series, if you're in a series style preaching. Yeah. Um, so maybe, so the, the pastor's preaching said, you know, we're in this passage, we, I said Ephesians earlier, so we're in this passage in Ephesians, and here is a story of someone who's going through the same thing we're talking about in this passage. They've queued it up verbally and it goes over to the video. That's the best way in my mind to do it in a service. If they're online, maybe you film like five of them and you find a hashtag like mm -hmm. stories from Trinity Church or whatever right. your church is called. And uh, you can release them online, uh, you know, every, you know, once a week or every day for a whole week of, or whatever, whatever it is, once a month. Um, and then if they, and if you have a hashtag, of course, then people can go back and find the other ones you've already posted. I love it. Love it. Well, thank you for those great tips. You have a podcast of your own that everyone here must pull out their podcast player and subscribe right now. So what, what is it? What's the name of your podcast that we can all look up and subscribe? My own podcast is a long form interview podcast called word made digital It's for creatives and communicators. A second podcast I have with my friend, James Adams from visual media church, daily podcast, five or 10 minutes, short practical stuff, just like we've just done here. Uh, and you'll find that at The Future Church. The Future Church Podcast. I love it. Everybody, interrupt what you're doing. Press pause. Go search and hit subscribe. Um, the long form, I think, is great. It's a great model for interviewing people. And I love the short form. Uh, someone just came across it, um, a friend, and he asked me if I knew about it. I, I happened to. And... Um, and they said, this is so interesting because it answers a specific question. It has this the banter between two people and it just gives me um, just a lot of energy around that one question to brainstorm and start thinking about how to contextualize it for my own ministry. So um, definitely those two. Now, if someone was watching or listening in today, Joanna, what's the best way for someone to actually get in touch with you directly? 
directly. You're going to find me on Instagram. It's the most fun way to talk, right? <laughs> That's how we met even, Kenny. Yes. So at Joanna LaFleur, you can find me there. You'll find links there to my website and all that kind of stuff. But you can send me a direct message. Awesome. Joanna LaFleur on Instagram. And uh, thank you again for spending some time with us today. Uh, promise me that you'll be back on the show uh, later all right. this year. Sounds great. Um, everybody else, thank you so much for being with us today. We want you to keep on commenting, keep on DMing us. What do you want to hear about? What do you want to learn about in our Lunch and Learn series? We want to make this the most practical podcast for you in church communications. I'm Kenny Jang. I'll check you out here next time on the Church Butler Lunch and Learn. In the meantime, go to our website, www.butler.church. Remember, be a blessing, and we'll check you out here next time on the Lunch and Learn. If you enjoyed today's session, please help us share resources like today's Lunch and Learn with more church communicators across the country. The best way for you to help is to thumb up this episode and leave some feedback on iTunes. It really makes a difference. And for more information on our online training platform and done-for-you social media graphic services, visit our website at www.butler.church. Connect with us on our blog, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter using our handle at The Church Butler. Don't forget to join us every week right here for our next installment of the Church Butler Lunch and Learn podcast.